Holt Frees His Mind. Chapter Thirty of the Yukon Trail by William MacLeod Rain. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. MacDonald whirled in his tracks. Old Gid Holt was leaning on his elbow with his head out of the window. You better come and beat me up first, Mac, he jeered. I'm all stove up with a busted leg, so you can wallop me good. I, I'd come out there, but I'm too crippled to move. You're not too crippled to go back to Kusiak with me. If you can't walk, you'll ride, but back you go. Fine. I, I've been worrying about how to get there. It's right good of you to bring one of these here taxis for me, as the old saying is. Where is the rest of the gold you stole? I ain't seen the latest papers, Mac. What, what is this stuff about robbing a bank and shooting Milton? You're under arrest for robbery and murder. Am I? <laughs> Unload the particulars. When, when did I do it all? You know when, just before you left town. Holt shook his head slowly. No, sir, I can't seem to remember it. Sure, sure, it ain't some, uh, uh, someone else you're thinking about. Uh, how come you to fix on me as one of these bold, bad bandits? Because you had not sense enough to cover your tracks. You might just as well have left a note saying you did it. First you come to town and buy one of the fastest dog teams in Alaska. Why? Oh, that's an easy one. <laughs> I bought that team to win the Alaska sweepstakes from you. And I'm going to do it. The team wasn't handled right or it would have won last time. I got to milling it over and figured that old Gid Holt was the dog puncher that could land those huskies in front, see? You bought it to make your getaway after the robbery, retorted MacDonald. Well, it's a difference of opinion makes horse races. What else have you got against us? We found in your room one of the sacks that had held the gold you took from the bank. Well, that's right. I took it from the bank in the afternoon where I had had it on deposit to pay for the team I bought. Milton's books will show that. But you didn't find any sack I took when your bank was robbed. If it was robbed, added the old man significantly. Of course, I knew you would have an alibi. Have you got one to explain why you left town so suddenly the night the bank was robbed? Milton was killed after midnight. Before morning, you and your friend Elliot routed out Ackroyd and bought a lot of supplies from him for a hurry-up trip. You slipped around to the corral and hit the trail right into the blizzard. Will you tell me why you were in such a hurry to get away? If it wasn't to escape from the town where you had murdered a decent old fellow who had never harmed a soul. Well, sure, I'll tell you. The black eyes of the little man snapped eagerly. I came so PDQ because that side partner of mine, Gordon Elliott, wouldn't let me wait around till morning. He had a reason for leaving town that wouldn't wait a minute. One big enough to drive him right into the heart of the blizzard. Me, I, I tagged along. I can guess his reason, jeered the Scotchman. But I'd like to hear you put a name to it. Holt grinned maliciously and waved a hand toward the girl who was pillowing the head of her lover. Oh, the name of his reason is Sheba O'Neill. But it's going to be Sheba Elliot soon, looks like. You mean... 
The little miner took the words triumphantly out of his mouth. He leaned forward and threw them into the face of the man he hated. I mean that while you was dancing and philandering with other women, Gordon Elliott was bucking a blizzard to save the life of the girl you both claim to love. He was mushing into fifty miles of frozen hell while you was filling up with potted grouse and champagne. <laughs> Simultaneous with the lame goose and the monkey single step you was doing, this lad was wind jamming through white drifts. He beat you at your own game, man. <laughs> yeah, you're a bear for the outdoor stuff, they tell me. You chew up a blizzard for breakfast and throttle a pack of wolves to work up an appetite for dinner. It's your specialty. <laughs> All right. Take your hat off to that Chichaco who had just whaled you blind. He has outgamed you, Colby MacDonald. <laughs> you don't run in his class. I see he is holding his head up again. <laughs> Give him another half hour and he'll be ready to go to the mat with you again. <laughs> The big Alaskan pushed away a fear that had been lingering in his mind ever since he had stumbled on that body buried in the snow yesterday afternoon. Was his enemy going to escape him, after all? Could Holt be telling the true reason why they had left town so hurriedly? He would not let himself believe it. "'You ought to work up a better story than that,' he said contemptuously. "'You can throw a husky through the holes in it. How could Elliot know, for instance, that Miss O'Neill was not safe?' The same way you could have knowed it, snapped old Gideon. He phoned to Smith's crossing and found the stage hadn't got in, and uh, there was a hell of a storm up in the hills. MacDonald set his face. You're lying to me. You stumbled over the stage while you were making your getaway. Now you're playing it for an alibi. Elliot had risen. Sheba stood beside him, her hand in his. She spoke quietly. It's the truth. Believe it or not, as you please, we care nothing about that. The stab of her eyes, the carriage of the slim, pliant figure, with its suggestion of fine gallantry, challenged her former lover to do his worst. On the battered face of Gordon was a smile. So long as his Irish sweetheart stood by him, he did not care if he were charged with high treason. It was worth all it cost to feel the warmth of her brave, impulsive trust. The deep-set eyes of MacDonald clinched with those of his rival. "'You cashed the rest of the gold, I suppose,' he said doggedly. With a lift of his shoulders, the younger man answered lightly, "'There are none so blind as those who will not see, Mr. MacDonald.' He turned to Sheba. "'Come, we must make breakfast.' "'You're going to Kusiak with me,' his enemy said bluntly. "'After we have eaten, Mr. MacDonald,' returned Elliot with an ironic bow. "'Perhaps, if you have not had breakfast yet, you will join us.' "'We start in half an hour,' announced the mine-owner curtly, and he turned on his heel. The rifle lay where Sheba had dropped it when she ran to gather her stricken lover into her arms. MacDonald picked it up and strode over the brow of the hill without a backward look. He was too proud to stay and watch them. It was impossible to escape him in the deep snow that filled the hill trails, and he was convinced they would attempt nothing of the kind. The Scotchman felt for the first time in his life old and spent. Under tremendous difficulty he had mushed for two days and had at last run his men down. The lust of vengeance had sat on his shoulders every mile of the way and had driven him feverishly forward. 
but the salt that had lent a savor to his passion was gone. Even though he won, he lost, for Sheba had gone over to the enemy. With the fierce willfulness of his temperament, he tried to tread underfoot his doubts about the guilt of Holt and Elliot. Success had made him arrogant, and he was not a good loser. He hated the man who had robbed him of Sheba, but he could not escape respecting him. Elliot had fought until he had been hammered down into unconsciousness, and he had crawled to his feet and stood erect with the smile of the unconquered on his lips. Was this the sort of man to murder in cold blood a kindly old gentleman who had never harmed him? The only answer MacDonald found was that Milton had taken him and his partners by surprise. They had been driven to shoot the cashier to cover up their crime. Perhaps Holt or another had fired the actual shots. But Elliot was none the less guilty. The heart of the Scotchman was bitter within him. He intended to see that his enemies paid to the last ounce. He would harry them to the gallows if money and influence could do it. Nonetheless, his doubts persisted. If they had planned the bank robbery, why did they wait so long to buy supplies for their escape? Why had they not taken the river instead of the hill trail? The story that his enemies told hung together. It had the ring of truth. The facts supported it. One piece of evidence in their favor MacDonald alone knew. It lay buried in the deep snows of the hills. He shut his strong teeth in the firm resolve that it should stay there. End of chapter 30